Hello, everybody. We go again on Out of Your League. Hi, Mark Flanagan. Hi, Will Perry. How are you? I'm great. Thank you look you. lovely. Thanks. I haven't, I haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, I know you've been you've been away with your mum, haven't you? Yeah. Um, and your mum. No, no, just your mum. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's been good. We survived an episode without you. Uh, yeah. Kyle Amor came in. Great, great chemistry, great banter with Kyle and really? Lachlan Coo. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was a nice relief, actually. It's not what you told me, but you, so you, you've kind of joked in the past about, oh, well, let's just get Kyle Amor on, but then no, you did you've, get Kyle you've, Amor. No, you've you've joked that I'm easily replaceable. Kyle's everywhere, isn't he? He's excellent, but he's everywhere, isn't everywhere. he? He's like the sort of um, Claire Balding of rugby league. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, isn't he's, he? yeah, he's everywhere. He's on. What's he on? So does a bit of sky, does a bit Would of you say he's a media whore, like John design. Wilkin? Or I wouldn't use the word whore, Mark, on this programme. We've done it before. Yeah. Um, he gets about a bit, let's say that. Like a whore. Yeah. But, um, so, how was it? It was good. Yeah. One of the best I've ever done, yeah. actually. I heard you, you tried to do a very sort of, you know, I'd say Will Perry style intro, and Carl took it very seriously, just moved it on quickly, didn't he? Yeah, we all, we all, yeah it, was a, it, was a, it was just a really good show all around. Yeah. Do you, do you see yourself as the main host of this podcast going forward? No, I'm, I'm fine, just standing in the background. Yeah. Mm. Did you, were, you, were you nervous? Were you feel like you know, no. being the main guy? No, no, no. I don't get nervous. <laughs> but well done. Well Thank done, you. Thanks. And I'm, I'm surprised you've done one episode because I've been away for nine weeks and you've done one. Yeah, I don't think they trust me to do another one. <laughs> really? I thought, they did okay. Yeah. Let's leave it at that. Let's bank it. Yeah. Let's bring the expert back. Yeah. Hi, Matty Smith. How are we doing? Okay. Very good. That was a good game. Matty Smith, mate. <laughs> What's mate about? People from St. Helens say mate. Yeah. As in mate. Over exaggerate yeah, the mate. So you missed Matty Smith in his two Saints spells, didn't you? You were sort of sandwiched. You were a Matty Smith sandwich, but you, mm. you, he didn't eat you. No, he didn't. Um, yes, but we've played together a lot, a few times. And did you play for England Knights in 2012? Against Ireland, we've yeah, played together. Memory, yeah. Yeah. He's got one more England Knights appearance than yeah, you. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm still hanging on to that one appearance. What is? That? Are you proud of the England Knights days? Matthew? I think I was one of the oldest ever England Knights, England Knights players. I think I was about 24, 23. Yeah, I think I was probably yeah. roughly this uh, age. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, no, I I, um, I like playing for the England Knights. It was good. It was like it's obviously the start of your start of your kind of England journey. So um, well, we ridicule yeah, him we had for some his good one, times. We ridicule him for his one appearance. Yeah, because you've had a glittering international <laughs> career, haven't you? <laughs> I know. But, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's, look, it's better than if you're not going to play for England, you're going to play for England Knights. But Matty did play for England four times as yeah, well. He did. He's better than me. So, yeah. Mm. Anyway. Uh, my, my opposite halfback in the 2014 grand final as well. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Is that right? I got the better of him on that occasion. I do remember watching yeah. that Was you game? and John Turner? Um, yeah. Halfback. No, it was me and Lance Higher, then he got Matty had to, to pull the out. No, so did. it was me and Wello. Yeah, did. did Matty well, pull you away that. from going going at Ben Flower? No, I was I was like a man possessed. I wanted to fight yeah. everybody. <laughs> you were in the opposite yeah. end of the no, field. No, right? I was like a rabid <laughs> dog. <laughs> so Matty's with us today, not only because... Matty Smith had a great career in Super League, Mark, mm. and played for about 65 clubs, including, including Sheffield, who you were talking <laughs> Sheffield about. Sheffield Eagles. Yeah, you missed that. How many times did you play for Sheffield, Matty? Just the one. Just the one. Just, just, just the one. Appearance. Yeah, that was, was enough. Was it a loan spell? <laughs> no, uh, it wasn't it even was a loan a spell. It was dual reds with Sheffield then, that year, and um, yeah, went there for, for one game. So all the Eagles fans buying shirts with Smith on the back, and then he, he turns out once. Yeah, well, he was going to Toronto the week after, and I didn't, I didn't fancy that trip. So, yeah, I didn't end up going back, but... Um, yeah, I enjoyed that one experience. It was quite good. <laughs> then you went to Catalan, then you went to Warrington, then you went to Witness. Before that, Saints, Witness, Crusaders, Salford, Salford again, Wigan, Saints. You've been about, Matty, haven't you? I have. So quite like, a few loans. The only the Yorkshire clubs I've probably not played for. York and Lee. Lee's yeah. the club at this Ooh. this side of the M62. But yeah, I've been about. Um, but enjoyed every single one of them, yeah. yeah. Good, good time. Uh, and look, we're not just here to talk about your career, but obviously, sort of time-wise, you've got a big weekend ahead of you, haven't you? 
yeah, yeah, um, exciting. Um, obviously, to for the girls to play at Wembley, uh, for me to go back as well as a coach. Um, yeah, great week. So we're looking forward to it. Saints taking on Leeds. Uh, you're of course the Saints coach, and we should point out as well, you're, you're working with the the men as well these days. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, with, I'm in with Wello uh, in the day with with the men. Which I'm really enjoying, you know. That's, Jobs for the boys. It's just like this. That's it. Yeah, best best mates. Get, get, <laughs> you get a role. So, um, but no, I'm I'm enjoying that. That's that's only been for the, the last couple of months. But uh, learning loads off off him and you know in Talbot and Lauren and you know great coaches there. So you know being in with them is is great for me. And and then I get the, the you know the opportunity to head coach the girls and um, you know learning loads from that. That's challenging at times, but. Uh, they've been great as well, so yeah, it's first year of coaching, but yeah, one I'm, I'm really, really enjoying. And Hull KR taking on Lee Leopards uh, on the same day as well. How, mm. how important is that, Mark? Do you think for the for the women to go out there and play on that same pitch? I mean, it, that should have happened years ago, shouldn't it, at Wembley? It should, but it's good to see that the the game's making giant strides in in bringing the, the women's game on an even keel to to the men and uh, putting the, the match on the same stage is brilliant and. Um, I'm sure the women will do it justice. And I think, actually, it's probably the most eagerly anticipated Challenge Cup finals for a long time. With, with there'll be there'll be a new name on the on the cup of, of recent times with with Rovers and Lee, um, and you know the women's game as well. So it should be a great day. Yeah, and and you've got obviously great experience, Matty, which they can tap into. You won the Lance Todd Trophy 2013. Mark, you've been to a Challenge Cup final as well. Mm. Lost by a point, didn't you? Lost by a point. By yeah. a point. Mm. That's got to hurt, Mark. Still, still does. Hurt still does, does actually. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was during COVID era, so it was an empty stadium. Which, you know, you dream of playing at, at Wembley in, in a full full house, and it was yeah, you could hear crickets during that match. But yeah, lost to Leeds, and yeah, it still stings a little bit. What are your memories, Matty, of that day, 2013? Yeah, only only good. Obviously, it went it went for me on that day, and you know, I, I remember waking up that morning, and it was raining, and I thought it suits me down to the ground. I'll just kick the ball there, and and um, yeah, so it's it suited me that day, and I can't believe it's actually 10 years. 10 years, um, you know, 2013, I got to experience that. And I've been saying to the girls this week, it's probably, when I look back on my career now, it's probably the best thing I, I did. You know, mm. I got the chance to play in Australia from country and all that. But to, I think to get to get the chance to play at Wembley is what you dream of as a kid. And um, yeah, so it was it was probably, like I say, it was probably, you know, right up there with, with a, one of the highlights yeah. of my career. Is it, is it special Wembley, you two, because you don't get to go there often, you know. It's like it, yeah. that is the, you, you could be one of the best players in Super League and maybe never get to a Challenge Cup final and play at Wembley. It's a tradition that does it for me. Mm. I, I grew up watching the Challenge Cup finals and you know seeing the superstars of yesteryear, Ellery Hamleys, Martin Afire. You know, there's a, there's an endless list, and it's just the fact it's on BBC Saturday afternoon. It's the it's the it's a it's a highlight in the sporting calendar in this country, and um, to take our game down to the nation's capital. Um, yeah, it's just everything that comes along with it, really. Let's get stuck into Matty Smith, Mark, yeah, shall we? Stuck stuck into into do you want to describe to the, to the listeners who aren't viewers, Mark, what he looks like, what he's wearing? What well, he's wearing his Saints tracksuit. Yeah. He looks very smart. Very on point, that, isn't Very it? smart. Is that for us, I've Matty, or have you been no, to one I've been to a press conference today, so that's why I'm in the, the Saints gear. But, um, yeah, I'd usually come more casual. Like if you're you, at Matt, training, usually, and you're wearing any item of club, club clothing, the lads would be set into you, wouldn't they? Saying you've yeah. got a promo. Well, I... The, I, I Usually wear me wet waterproof everywhere. Do you? Do you? I don't know if you remember that. Obviously, we, we missed obviously playing together, but that's what they call it now. They call it the, the Smeags, like the, the, Smeags. The, the, the waterproof. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm not known for obviously playing. I'm known for wearing a waterproof, which is 
disappointing. He's got a very sort of finely chiselled haircut, Mark, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, nice haircut. He's got a good hairline. The best, hairline, the best hairline on here, I think, yeah, well, including yours. Yeah, um, um, yeah he's looking a bit that, Is that your hairline, Matty? It is. You haven't it's been to Turkey or anywhere No, recently, no, it's all me. I hasn't yeah. done a Luke Going a bit, bit no. grey at the sides, but that's fine. not doing too bad. That's a bit early, isn't it? And uh, sort of, I'd say, grey two there, Mark, stubble. On yeah, a little bit of stubble. Yeah. Looks well. Bit of a tan, I think. Yeah, been away. On the bed, so on the bed. But maybe blood pressure. Blood pressure. It's just since I'm son, that The grades and the blood pressure is coaching, isn't it? Do you worry about that, Matty? We're going to get onto the coaching later, but I've been stressed this year. Are you already more stressed than you ever were as a player? Definitely. Really? Because I think you're in control a little bit more as a player, especially when it comes to that game day where, you know, as a coach, obviously it's taken out your hands as soon as that whistle goes. So I've been stressed a few times, but yeah, to be fair, the girls are quite good and. We've, we've won more than we've lost, so yeah, yeah it's going, to, it's going yeah. well. And big one to look forward to. And we'll, we'll do more on the Challenge Cup a little bit later. But let's go right back to early days for you. So I'm just thinking, I'm what, four? Uh, so, you, so you're born like so 80, you're going to say you're 40. 80, well, I am nearly 40, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're late, late 80. 87, 87. okay. Yeah, yeah. So for those listening to this podcast who have never been to St. Helens, describe the place for us. What was it like <laughs> when you were growing up there as a kid? Um, I, I grew up actually just down the road from the old, old stadium, Nosey Road. Um, so I was always, I spent kind of my childhood going up there, jumping over the fence, trying to get in, um, you know, watching, watching Saints. So yeah, my, my childhood was all, was all about rugby really, even though... Should, should the club recoup that, that money that you should have paid? Yeah, probably, yeah. How, many, how, but, much, but how much do you need? Back, <laughs> back then as well, they used to just let you in at half time for free. Did so they? Yeah. So we just... Whereabouts in Saints? Wendell Island around there? You no, know, uh, the, um, the the old stadium, North oh, right. Road. Just yeah, Eccleston. So it's oh, just Eccleston. outside Eccleston. Yeah, Eccleston's yeah. posh, St. Helens. Is it? Yeah. yeah. The, mm. <laughs> no, yeah. It's posh. Posh. Posher yeah. than posher. Parts in, of it. And then you do those bunny yeah. ears. Yeah. Posh. Inverted commas. They yeah. are. Like. There's posh um, parts of Eccleston and rough parts of Eccleston. Oh, right. <laughs> so, the, but this is what I love about these stories. Is that how many people have we interviewed, Mark, on this this very lovely green sofa that we're on now, and other sofas we've used over the years that talk about growing up in the shadows of a, of a stadium, whether whether it's in the NRL and they eventually go and play for that club. Something, mm. There's something very romantic about that. I mean, you didn't do that because you were born with a silver spoon up your ass. I wasn't. Um, you're from Posh Oldham, aren't you? No, I wasn't. Saddle- no. Early years I wasn't, but, no. but do you know what I mean? You get, yeah, you get well, where I'm going with you're inspired constantly by your surroundings. And if you're walking past people going to a stadium and watching your, your heroes on a match day, it's going to have an effect on you. I think if you're as close to it, you probably... You, it, it probably reminds you more and more that that's what you want to do and that's the, the tangible goal for you from a young age, yeah. Mm. Was, was it, I mean, look, I know you played football, which I'm really interested yeah. about talking to you in a second, but f- from being from St. Helens, it must have just been, it must have been in your blood. Talk to us about the family, mum, dad, brothers, sisters, what, yeah, what was the setup like? Yeah, well, we all, we all, we grew up watching the game, obviously, you know, living right next to the stadium, being from St. Helens, you, you brought up with rugby league. Mm. Um, for me, it was a little bit different. I, I enjoyed football as, as a kid. I played football. I didn't really play rugby, to be honest so with you. football was the first okay. love, even, yeah, though you, fo- even though you were in the shadows of Nolsey Road. Yeah, yeah, but I used to always go to games, though. I used to yeah. like rugby league. It was just that football, I was probably better at football, to yeah. be honest, at that point. And um, yeah, so I always just you play football. But we'd go up, me and my dad and my brother, we'd always go to the home games. And um, yeah, grew up you know, watching rugby league. Mm. So go on, football. Um, were, were you an Everton fan as a kid? Yeah, yeah, I never went to the games, but yeah, I was a, I was a, a fan from afar, like... Um, Not a Liverpool you know, fan. That was, we was, confirm that. You weren't, you weren't a Liverpool supporter. No, no, I was kind of, you know, my granddad supported Everton, my dad yeah. and my older brother, so I was kind of forced to support Everton. Well, yeah. I supported Everton as a kid, didn't I? 
I thought he said City yeah. fan. Well, no, until he, he started. Yeah, he until City started. started with that switch when Guardiola yeah. came, didn't he? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> just, wanted, just wanted to clear that up. Bit of a tangent. Yeah. But yeah. Not here to defend himself. Correct. Well. Yeah. Um, so go on. So, so what age are we talking here playing football? When did, when did you realise you had something with a football at your feet? Yeah, I think from from young age. So, so from five, I went down to my local side. Um, you know, and I, and I was always, I could always kick a ball like that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm probably made me rugby clip my career on, yeah. on that kicking a ball really and um so I could always kick a ball and I was always good I was always good at football you know uh, and then I you know I got signed for Wigan Athletic as a young kid I think yeah. I was seven seven or eight went down there you, there wasn't no contracts back then so you was just kind of training at that age um but I played for them for five or six years and that's uh, alongside obviously playing for my community club which was Pilks as well um so yeah, just did that, did that for for that period of time, and then I got signed for Everton at twelve, um, and I played for them for three three years. That made until the, fifteen the until proud, they started then. paying you, and that's when they got rid of me. Oh, so you well, they must have seen some, something in you to sign you from from Wigan. Mm. Well, they had, they had to at the time because I was on because I was on uh, Wigan Athletics books. They couldn't just offer me a trial; they had to sign me. Um, but I, I was playing for. St. Helens Town as well. That's where that's where the scouts come and pick me up from. Mm. Um, what position? I played up front at that point, but for Everton, I played everywhere apart from left back and in the in the goal. Oh really? Yeah. So, so, so the, and, you know, obviously at Everton, you came across some superstar names. So am I am I imagining you and Wayne Rooney playing up front together in the academy? Yeah, we did a couple of times. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, played against him. So our, our age group, he was a year older than me, Wayne Rooney, and we played. We used to play against them quite a lot on a Saturday morning. Uh, but there was times where they, they mixed the sides and I played with him a couple of times as well. And yeah, from that early age, he was obviously, you couldn't have said back then that he was going to go on and do what he did, but mm. you knew there was something special about him and that he was going to make a, a living out of it for sure, yeah. Was it always going to be Smith or, or Rooney for David <laughs> Moyes? Was that a tough choice for him? <laughs> yeah, not not so not too much, <laughs> but yeah. Did, did I mean, you see that in him straight away was, in, in Rooney, just an exceptional talent? I think everyone did, yeah. I think everyone did. I think the, we mentioned off camera that you know, you, when you talk to, to academy lads and young lads about, you know, this is how the first team do it. This is how they, they were saying this, you know, do it a bit like Wayne and Wayne's only a year older than me. Like, and and so how old would he have been at that time? He was, well, he was 16. Yeah. I was 15. Yeah, 12. So a year older than me. So and he made, because he made his debut at 16 against David Seaman, who remembers yeah, that goal at yeah. Highbury. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he was, he was just a, a freak talent. You know, he mm. was, he was always going to do what he did and, um, you know, you don't get many people like that come come around at once. Do you? Mm. They're like, you know, generations of, of that type of play. Yeah. They don't come around. So he gets a lot yeah, of bad was, press. Obviously, he's done a lot of weird things over the time. But yeah. but he, he does. I think. Get, I mean, I've I've had a chat with him. Um, Mark, you've got mutual friends with him as well. Like he he's one of these guys who, when you actually and you'll know more than all of us, Matty. But like you know, you have a chat with him for like half an hour. It's like you you realize how. Like just, I know it sounds a stupid thing to say, but how passionate he is about the game because he doesn't mm. need to be now, does it? Like he doesn't owe football anything. He could go and do what he wants to do. He's still obsessed and determined to make a, a coach of himself, and he's yeah. obviously been out in, in, in Washington. But give us like a bit of an insight into his personality. We're just we, doing an hour on Wayne Rooney, are we? Yeah, I think it's I, yeah. Well, we haven't done now, have we? Done. You bought. I don't know him that well. Like no, I, I, no, I played with him a couple of times. But I mean, on back, morning, but but I mean back. I don't like. <laughs> calm down. It's not a football <laughs> podcast. But back then, what what was he? Um, what was he like as a kid? Because you he, see, he this was nervous confident. Obviously, he, he was he was he was a confident kid. He, yeah. he you know he he got told on a regular basis how good he was, but he knew how good he was. So he didn't he didn't probably need anyone telling that. 
he was just naturally just went out to play the game and enjoy. He he probably he'd probably play exactly the same on a on a on a field on a Sunday morning. Yeah. You know, playing for whoever. He just wanted to play football. Yeah. I think Rooney and you know he did it for a living. He did it he did it well, didn't he? Yeah. So he did it right. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Big rugby league. He fan. was a freak, really. Is he? he likes rugby league. He's been mm. to a few grand finals, hasn't he? I think. Yeah. He's got a team. He's I think a, he has. Leeds, he's a Leeds fan, yeah. yeah. Is he Leeds? Yeah. A bit yeah. strange, really. Yeah. But yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, Sam Tompkins, a few of the lads had a picture with him at Old Trafford after a grand final. Yeah. Could, could you slide into Wayne's DMs these days? Would he be no, like, I, I, would I don't you remember think you? I'd get in, you know? I'll be honest. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think he'd remember me. <laughs> so, was it disappointment in the end in terms of your football career? Was that something that you must have thought, 15, 16, I'm here now, I'm playing with some superstars in the academy. Yeah. How, well, how was I it broken to it you? Was, it wasn't obviously, it was disappointing. I think at that period of time as well, like when you're 15, you're going through quite a lot anyway, aren't you? Your body's mm. changing a little bit. And, you know, it, it is, it, it's one of them, was when I got released, obviously I supported Everton. It was yeah. really disappointing. It was it was tough to take. And I, I, st I actually, st I could have got, I could have gone on trial at a few different clubs, Tranmere, Preston, Liverpool. You know, I could have, I could have gone on trial, or, but I, I just probably, yeah, probably fell out of love with it a little bit. And that's when I turned to, to playing rugby league. Is, is that, that the point you started playing rugby league or you'd already done a bit before then? No, I played at school rugby, but I never, you know, I never played for a club. Um, so yeah, at that point when I got released, I went, I went back to my local amateur side, played a little bit of football uh, that year. But I played rugby alongside it. Mm. I played on the same day, so I played football in the morning, rugby in the afternoon, and then the year after they clashed, so I had to pick one. I was just enjoying rugby. And that was more. fifteen, was it? Oh. That was yeah, fifteen. But yeah, that's yeah, that's quite unique, yeah. I think, to pick to pick up a, a sport pretty much from scratch. Because you'd been playing and from what age? <laughs> like three, regularly from yeah. what age? Yeah, yeah, five or six. Yeah, but to pick up a sport from scratch at fifteen, sixteen. Mm. And then to go on to have the career that Matty's had is unbelievable. But also the position he's played because there's that's a position that needs more knowledge, mm. more skill than any other. And to pick that up in what to, what was your debut? 19, 18, 19? Yes, I was eighteen. Yeah, mm. in three years to play professionally for the yeah. big, one of the biggest clubs. That's that's quite astounding to be honest. How I was that... I was quite lucky as well. I mean, we, we that that year I kind of taken rugby serious. We got trials for town. Um, and you know you've been in, obviously involved in the town sides. The kind of eighty percent of them, them teams are already picked before you even go to the trial, aren't they? And they probably pick up a couple that, that trial really well. And I was one that actually went to the trial, and it, everything went right for me. So I got on the scholarship then, and you know, so I had a bit of luck as well. I was in, I was in then, and then yeah, signed. Were you always quick as a kid? I was quicker than probably I was. Back end of my career, yeah, yeah. I was I was quick I as a young, quick. yeah, young kid. But to flow as you started, yeah, as you, as you put more weight on us, as you know. Have you over the years? <laughs> you slow down a little bit. So around that time, then, sort of 2003 until you made your debut in 2006. Those those three years, who were you alongside in that Saints Academy? People that went on to make it as well. What was that like at that environment coming from you know Finch Farm? Yeah, I, I was lucky to be fair. I mean, I come I come through um, great coaches, obviously. You know, Robes, Jammer, uh, James Graham was a year older than me, Scott Moore, uh, Steve Tyra, people like Paul, Paul Clough, Clough, Steve um, Bannister. Steve Bannister. Yeah. I mean, th there's quite a lot of lads that went on and did did really well from that era. But I was also, I mean, Daniel Anderson come in and brought me into the, the first team um, as an 18-year-old kid. And I couldn't have had a better coach at that point um, for someone that develops young lads. Well, he, he developed everyone, didn't he? He was, he was a you know, fantastic coach, Daniel. And, um, but being in that squad as well, you know, 2006 squad, that was my first year 
when they won the treble. It was somewhere else, that squad, you know, learning off Longy, Leon, um, you know, Scully, um, Kieran, people like that. It's just, Characters, I was fortunate. Yeah, I was fortunate, you know, to be, to be around that squad. Did, did you have any sort of imposter syndrome at all, given that you hadn't sort of, you know, had 15 years of doing it in yeah. the academy? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I probably, you know, having said that, playing, you know, second to the game late, I, I didn't really think much at that point. I was just going out and playing and probably, that probably helped me a little bit as well. The football probably helped me, obviously, with my kicking game. Um, you know, I made a career out of my kicking game, I think. And, um, you know, I, I had other little things I could do, but I suppose, yeah, the kicking game really, really made my career. Like, managing it aside, I think I was good at controlling, you know, being the general in the side and, and getting the, the boys around the park. Um, but that, that, that takes some doing, doesn't it? To be, as Mark said, in the, playing in that half-back position, being so vocal, controlling a game as a youngster with those names that you mentioned around you, mm. you know, telling, getting Longy in position and telling people yeah. what to do. That but takes that, something. Yeah, and that's what they wanted, though. I mean, I, I remember going in the first, my kind of making my debut, that's what Kieran said to me. He wants me to, to come in and, and do that and, and get people around. And although it's hard to do because you're a young kid and you, you've got respect for them players, they want you to, as an half, but they want you to, to boss them around. So I, I, I felt at ease doing that you know I, I was confident in doing that because I knew obviously you know that when I finished my career I was a lot better at it but I think at the start of my career I, I, it come quite natural to me anyway that kind of stuff um, obviously kicking as well and, and so that that was my game in a nutshell and if I had a six around me that could play a little bit as well I'd put him in, in, in the right positions and um, you know that, that was my job What are your highlights when you think back from that first Saints spell starting in 2006 and making that debut? I think just being around that, them squads was was great for me. Obviously, you you always remember your debut at Huddersfield away. We won six eighteen sixteen, and um, you know I had a good debut. Got a forty twenty. Played played decent enough, you know, for for a debut. And um, yeah, so I mean, great times just coming through at that period of time. You, you'll know as well. The culture was. You played hard. You went out and you you you, you partied hard as well, and and that's what that's I think it's what it was in that era more so than any other team as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I, I when I think back now, I don't know how we got away with that. When you I'll when you honest. think back I, now, it was brilliant. It was unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. we we play on a Friday night, we'd win, and then we'd be out Friday night, Saturday, Sunday club, and then we'd train on the Monday, and and few would go for a pint on a Monday night. Like it was ridiculous because we was off on the Tuesday. But the players were that good. They got away with it. Like, See, and, I always ask the it, nerd question this, Mark, and we've done this before, and just given that, had you not done that, and I get how fun that would have been, I would have loved to have been there, <laughs> but had, had you not done that and and gone down the sort of Cristiano Ronaldo school of conditioning, whatever, how much better would those that Saints team have been? And they were exceptional, do you know what I mean? But I think the, the beauty of those players was that was their personality. They were like a team of Galacticos on the field, yeah. but their personality... That they that you couldn't do one without the other. They came as a package. They kept the package was they was they were brilliant on the field. They were mavericks all over the shop, but off the field they had issues and not issues, but I don't they, think they burned, was, the, they burned the candle. Did that gel ends. you though together? Did that bond you more than anything? Definitely, yeah. yeah. And we had some great times on the pitch. Obviously, off it we had, we had we had unbelievable times as well. And like I don't think we was the only team doing that at that point. I've got. To, I think the culture around rugby league at that point was so successful with it. Yeah, I don't think the other successful teams at that point were, were as loose. 
but it just worked for me. And I think they trained incredibly hard as well, I'd imagine. I know, I know when I played at Saints, Wello used to always uh, go and meet his, his uncles and his cousins and all his family at the, local, at the um, Greenholds, like a liberal club in St. Helens on a Sunday. And he'd have, sometimes have three pints, sometimes he'd have eight or nine. And he'd just enjoy time with his family and watch Super Sunday. But every Sunday, he'd be the first, sorry, every Monday morning, He'd be the first player in training on a running machine, sweating it all out. But Wilco was like that, wasn't he? Like he, he's said that loads when he's been used to be here with us. He's former co-host of the podcast. He's yeah. walked former out colleague, Matty. Yeah, um, but you know he, he has that sort of, and you've you've worked with him. Uh, that sadistic side of like playing hard, parting hard, but then getting back in the next day and being on the treadmill, and then you know, like when we went to your stag do mark in New York, and then he decided to run a marathon after yeah, the day after. Marathon, three weird. Days you know, that's, that's he, there's a lot of weirdos like that, weren't they? That's, they like to punish themselves. But then that's it. That's what I was like. I mean, I, I, I was exactly the same. We went out on Sunday night, on Monday, and made sure I was at the front of fitness. Like, and that's that's how I made it okay. You know, in myself, oh, it's all right because I'm at the front of fitness. So I can I can do it next week. But it doesn't necessarily make it mean it's right. Like, well, I was going to ask you two because now, you two both sort of you finished in 21. You finished in what 21 as well? 2020. 2020. So like mm. right up until those, you know, in your twilight years, how different was it then from? 06 and Mark for you, sort of 08, 09, whatever. It was, it was different, yeah. It was, it was a lot more... Um, sports science was much more of a priority and, and being hydrated and yeah. checking your body weight each week. And the conditioners had more of a responsibility to be meticulous on how, how your body was put together and, and how you were looking after each other. And I think the off-field socialising was very different. Even, you know, from starting out... Uh, Wigan and Saints and then finish off at Salford like going for even just going for a coffee after training the uptake towards the end of my career was much less it might be because I became a boring sod but <laughs> I think it was the fact that lads didn't want to spend as much time with each other as they used to so I think it depends on the club you're at the generation the, the type of personality but I think there's less socialising in general from players and I think there's 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 more of a, an emphasis on being at peak uh, peak um, performance and, and physical condition which is Obviously, good for the game, but doesn't make as many good memories. Mm. What about you, Matty? I'd say the same. You know, I think it's just the professionalism now in the game. The, the young lads that come through, they don't want to. You know, they've got to. They can't be going out all the time drinking. They can't be doing the wrong things because it will catch up with you because everyone's, everyone's in a better, you know, the more professional. And, and everyone's got a phone with social media. That didn't happen in 2006, exactly, yeah. did it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> imagine, no one was getting the imagine, phone Imagine out. an Instagram no. around with Sean Long in 2006. You can't get away with anything now, can you? Right. So, the world's gone mad. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess, you know, I mean, you see 17, 18-year-olds now at school and they're two foot bigger than they used to be, aren't they? Yeah, I, I th th yeah I think it's a generational thing as well. I don't think young men want to go and sit in a pub and tell stories and have a laugh. Mm. The more bothered about being in the spotlight or making TikTok videos at home, dancing <laughs> in the living room, you know? Drinking Prime and vaping and having a pint of bitter. Prime, that's a, that fascinates me, Prime, doesn't it? Prime. Mm. They like, could be, they'd be a good sponsor for the podcast. They would be, yeah. Who, who, what's his name? KSI? Is he the yeah. guy? Yeah. Mm. You got any, any, any intros? One of the Paul brothers, I think Henry or is Robbie he? Paul. We yeah. get rid of one of them, can we? You he could find Robbie Paul, yeah. Robbie uh, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> is, uh, is, is, he one, is he the third yeah. Paul brother? Or is it Logan Paul? Robbie Paul. No, his Henry name's Paul. not Robbie, Robbie Hunter Paul. Robbie Hunter Don't Paul. call him Robbie Paul. Yeah, Robbie Hunter Paul. Um, so, Matty, you had a spell then, I'm just thinking, a few loan spells, didn't you, um, after you made your debut in 2006. Then you went to Salford after a loan spell at Salford. But then like things have sort of really came alive for you, didn't they, in terms of silverware and going to Wigan. I mean, is that was <laughs> how controversial was that move? I know you'd had Salford in between, but to go from Saints to Wigan via Salford. 
Yeah, well, obviously I was at Salford, so it wasn't like the Saints to Wigan, but I think them them years helped me as well. Yeah. Know, just just brushed over them thorn spells, didn't you? Then will <laughs> well, I, I do read them out? There's, I, um, I, I played against you when you were witness when Crusaders. I was at Halifax. Crusaders. But I lived. I lived in Crusade. I lived in, in Crusaderland. South, I lived in Crusaderland. <laughs> I lived in um, South Wales for a year and yeah. like at twenty and and that wow. you know with, with, with Steve Tara that was two thousand nine. So Crusaders first year. Did you liver even more damage during that period? Hundred percent. Yeah, it was. It was. We were living on Brewfield. Cardiff Fair. Um, yeah, it was Brewfield. Yeah. I so Bridge End, we, we had a spell in Bridge End, and then yeah. we had we had a spell in. Did you play Cardiff. the game when they beat Wigan? Uh, no. They only won like one game all season. And it was against Wigan. Yeah. And it was my debut. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. I did all right. Everyone else was shit. Yeah. yeah. Then you went to the NRL, Mark, didn't you? Yeah. I did, yeah. yeah. How many appearances there? 20 something 20 something. <laughs> um so come on that 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 move to Wigan what were, were you were you I mean I mean it's a massive club and whatever and you obviously look back now and you all that silverware that you picked up there and the people you played with and working with Sean Wayne etc but was it was it was a no it was a no-brainer you didn't you weren't even thinking about Saints at the time no and and, and Wayne was the big sell on that for me you know I, I remember meeting him um a couple of times you know it was two or three meetings with with him um and and he just he basically just said he wanted to build a team around me. He made, he made me feel basically the best player in the world, and and he wanted to to win trophies and build a team around me. And um, and and yeah, just a, just a great coach, like someone you want to play for. And you know, my my four and a half years I had at Wigan, I can't. You know, I'm also now at Saints. I'm a Saints lad, but you know, I can't. It was it was the best time of my life. You know, you, you won't meet many more best rugby. passionate rugby league men than Sean Wayne, would you? No, he's he's it just great. oozes he's, out of him how much he loves his players and how much he loves yeah. rugby league. And yeah, I can imagine that being you an want easy, to play for the ball. Yeah, he's, after he's, he's so passionate, like you say. And he's a salesman, isn't he? As well. Yeah, he's brilliant. He yeah. is. He's brilliant, and just his work ethic, I just found amazing. Like he'd he'd always, you know, he'd be in there at seven o'clock and he'd be leaving at five. It's like a you know, just he put the hours in. He, he he's very detailed in how he want. He, sh he thinks the game should be played, and not, you know, just he sells around the game lines. You know the way who you're running at, and you know for for someone who's was a prop, and and I'm not saying props are all don't look in details of the game, but he was he amazed me really. That he was like an halfback, um, the way he thinks about the game and. He's um, he was a great coach and someone that yeah you want you want to play for. Did he give you any shit about being a Saints lad? You know he never actually. You know Did he he not? never. I don't think he realised I was a Saints lad at first. <laughs> Honestly, because I come from Salford. Because he used to, when I played with him in the academy, he used to hate Saints. But respect, yeah. so he, they had yeah. his utmost respect. But it was that rivalry that Saints were the enemy. Yeah. I can imagine him again. It's, I thought he might have got stuck Maybe your Wikipedia wasn't yeah, updated. He did, when he found out, he did. He used to. I think that's why he got rid of me. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was um, like I say, he was he was a passionate Wiganer, and you know, obviously, it was all about Wigan. I remember him saying to me what he wanted a one day he'd want a team full of full of Wigan lads, which you know, he's he's great, isn't it? You know, Wigan team. You know, Mike having Rush that kind of the same with Saints lads, wasn't he? Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. What it's like. yeah, 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 and it's just passionate about your town in it so you wanted to play for the block he was he was good you had an amazing time there Matty though didn't you grand mm. final winner in 2013 2016 challenge cup winner in 2013 as well which you mentioned Lance Todd trophy what what made that Wigan team that group of lads so special I think just the, the kind of work ethic I don't think I think if you looked at the team on paper I don't think it was the best team on paper but 
what we had was we had a we had a want and we had a we had a way of playing, and you know you can argue that that Maguire brought that in a couple of years beforehand, and and Wayne he carried that on, but he brought his own stamp on it as well, and um, yeah, we just had a desire to play for each other, and and you know there was times in seasons where we'd, we'd have a couple of bad games, but we never really strung too many bad games together. It was always really consistent, and throughout them years, and like I said, we weren't the best team on paper, but we. We all wanted to play for each other, and we wanted to play for Sean Wayne. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, uh, Mark, you remember? I mean, you would have come up against Matty during those periods as well against mm. that that Wigan team. Another, we... another someone else who went from Wigan to Saints, yeah, but didn't go back to Saints as well, which we'll get to in a second. He no. went, he went directly from Wigan back to Saints. Mm. So confusing. Very, I'm, yeah, I'm lost. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, they were. Inc- I think the word I'd used for Wigan during that period were ruthless. Mm. They were just on you for 80 minutes, every tackle, the intent and meaning behind it. And they just they just competed so hard. And um, they had star players in there, like Matty. Sean O'Loughlin was a phenomenal player. He's a slippery little fish, Matty. Did you ever get any good clips on yeah, him? Did he? Yeah, easy, yeah, yeah. lords. <laughs> uh, and then they just, had, they just had that ruthless mentality. And then they had star players, Matt Bowen, Sam Tompkins. They just had that sprinkle of stardust that yeah. all great, great teams need. But they just... There was a real good balance, I thought, and um, yeah, you knew you were always going to be in for a tough game, and you knew you'd be leaving the stadium with bruises all over you after you played Wigan. And that was uh, the best rugby you played in your career, right, Matty? That period? Yeah, I think this. I think the system suited me. The yeah. kind of the structure. You know, I was a really structured player. You know, I'm not someone that can step 14 people like Johnny Lomax and mm-hmm. score a try or Jack Wells. But I was, I was really structured in what I did. And, and Is that down and, to Wayne? Yeah, and, and he likes that that way of playing. You know, you like like. Flash has just said you had players like Tompkins who can can win you a game, mm. um, but we was re- really structured mm. and everyone, everyone knew the ev- role. Everyone knew the role. Everyone and- given a direct like that's your game plan. You're going to run at him thirty times. You're going to do yeah. fifty tackles, whatever but- it is, and everyone did it meticulously. Didn't and we they? never changed. You know, we never changed. Say we played Salford, we'd always play the same. Salford, Saints, whoever it was, we had our style of play, and that and that's why we was playing. So. Yeah, everyone kind of like like I said, they knew the role, they knew what they what they was doing, and and it kind of worked for us. So when Wayne finally fucked you off, did you think I'm going to Saints? <laughs> yeah, Is well, it? I I had two more years left at Wigan, and I sport I had a couple of conversations with with Kieran, um, and and for me it was it was a bit of both. It was a you know I think Wayne at that at that point I was on obviously good money. Um, they had an opportunity to bring Tommy Lulawai back for, I think, our, like for for a bit less than what I was on, and um, he was coming to obviously to the, to the back end of his career, and so so the club, I think, Wigan probably thought, well, he'll do same job or if not better than than Matty on less money, so we can push him on, get a bit of money for him. He's still got two years, mm. and also I was kind of, I want I want to go, I want to, I, I think I think he had unfinished business left at Saints, and. You know, I left as a young kid. I had the chance to maybe go back before I signed for Wigan. I was having a go with Saints, or, and I chose Wigan just because of, of Sean Wayne, basically, and what he was saying to me. So th- there was that opportunity. I didn't go back. So I felt like I needed to go back at some point and, and kind of right the wrongs, if you like, and, and, and hopefully be as successful as I was at Wigan. Um, I didn't quite work out, but, <laughs> um, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I'm always fascinated with this question when you ask any sports person. Um, 
did you and now looking back having hung your boots up it's still only 36 and you've got plenty of time to reflect even on your playing career did you achieve everything that you thought you would have more than you thought you would have you know did you hit that ceiling or are you one of those that's like mm, I, I should have could have had more yeah I always wanted more um but I think you know starting the starting the game late like I did you know the the ability I had I think I overachieved I do I think mm. I was at very good clubs um and I'm really grateful for that, you know, to play at some some clubs I've played at, you know, Saints, Wigan, obviously the two biggest clubs in the in the in the country. Um, you know, so I was fortunate. I played with some great players, but yeah, I always wanted more. I felt like a couple of grand finals got away from us. Title at Sheffield. Yeah, and a couple of games we should could have been better in that. That's it. Yeah. I missed that then. <laughs> I was thinking that he's like going into depth about his Sheffield career. But yeah, like. like I always want you always want more as a player. Once yeah. you once you've tasted success, you want more of it, don't you? And, mm. and I was no different. Mark, I've never asked you that. Did you? Do you think you hit your ceiling? Do you think you overachieved? I overachieved, yeah. Yeah. Oh, not overachieved, but I reached my potential. Um, I think I squeezed every bit of talent I had in me because I wasn't an athlete. I'm not naturally. He's a model, weren't you? It's a glorified <laughs> model. Yeah, ish. Um, I was never that powerful or athletic. So I think when you're forward especially in the modern game, you need to have a bit of punch. And I never really had that, but I could, I think I was a good rugby player. I could defend and I had a decent ball playing skill. So and I just, I just trained as hard as I could and worked as hard as I could. And then, yeah, did. And, and then won the grand final at halfback. Yeah. But against yeah, Matty Smith. About against Matty Smith. Awkward, but I think that's all you can do is look in the mirror at the end of your career. And did you squander the talent you had? And mm. I, I, I always thought that I, I did everything I could do. I wasn't the best player but I was the best player I could be, which yeah. is important. So 36 years old, Matty, heading to Wembley with Saints women at the weekend. Did, did you, I mean, we, we spoke to Wello, Mark, didn't we? Was he the first guest we had on this season? I think he was. And, and he always knew he wanted to itch that scratch and be a coach. Was that the same with you? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, I think just being, being the, I've always studied the game. Like I've been a halfback. I've always been in, interested in like kind of the, the vision stuff, the video stuff, you know, how other teams play, uh, what works, what doesn't work, how we try to score. You know, so I've always, I've always looked into into the games, and 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 I think it's just a natural progression. I've always, you know, it's the only thing I know rugby league, and um, yeah, so I've always wanted to give it a go. There, there was, I suppose, the back end of my career where I was kind of falling falling out of love with the game a little bit. Um, Why was that? I think just just a few things didn't go my way towards the back end, probably. You know, I was probably to blame for, for a couple of them. Um, coming back to Saints, you know, I, it didn't quite happen for me. I, I broke my leg in the first game and, you know, didn't deal with that the best. Did my eye socket, you know, a few games um, back after the break and just didn't handle that situation well. You know, probably drank a little bit too much, probably made a few mistakes, but, you know, struggled at that point. I, I wanted... I kind of wanted the Saints thing to go so well, or to to you know to achieve things at Saints. When that happened, I found it I, I found it hard to take. Never go back, Matty. Yeah, never go back. Yeah, that's what he said. Mark, we've so. been back and we a few times, but never works out well, does it? It depends on the circumstances. It's just yeah, there are many examples though, in all no, seriousness not, of people going back and it working. Breaking is your it? leg and breaking your eye socket are examples of bad luck. And had that not happened, he might have built up great combinations with his team around him, played great rugby, and mm. completely different story. It's one of them you never know, do you? You never know. And if it's a passion, it's something you want to do. 
you've got a soft spot for that club. It mm. could be, it could be, you know, the dream come true. But did you get carried away in the narrative? And I, because I've asked you and Wilco this over the years, and you kind of poo pooed it. Oh, poo pooed. That's very posh, isn't it? Poo pooed it. Is that French? I think it is. Yeah. Poo pooed. What does it mean? Um, sort of Just shit, shit. Belittled me. Oh, well. uh, but you know, how you want that sort of Hollywood ending to a career. Were you thinking that? Like Saints, right, I've done it with Wigan, let me go to, to Wembley, lift the Challenge Cup with Saints and, and go to Old Trafford, win a couple of grand finals. Was that, was that in your mind of sort of that lovely bit of symmetry of closing off your career? Yeah, in a perfect world, yeah. That's that's exactly what I, what I, what I wanted. Um, and it never, you know, it never really worked out for me. It was hard to tech at that point, you know, to be fair. And should I have dealt with it in a, in a different way? I probably should have. And But, you know, I never and, and and that and you learn from you learn from your mistakes, don't you? And, um How you did know, you deal with it? Was it just were you angry? Were you like you touched on boozing a bit? Was that like a midweek thing or was it talk us through like your mindset when you were kind of going through that stuff? I, I think the, the the when I broke my leg it was kind of right, I'm back in nine weeks, work hard, you know. And then once I did the eye socket it was a bit like, you know, Kieran got sacked, the coach that brought me in. I felt like I let him down a little bit and even though he can't control obviously getting injured, you know, that was hard for me to take because obviously I grew up, you know, respecting Kieran. He was one of my heroes growing up and, you know, to get the chance to play with him um, and all that kind of stuff. And for him to bring me back, I thought he showed a lot of faith in me. So it, it, that was disappointing. Did a lot of the players um, feel that that they let Kieran down? That yeah, I think you do as a, as a player, you know, when a, when a coach gets sacked, it's not nice, I'm a coach now. It was such a big name in the, in the town as well, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, Wilco was there, I think he said it, Mark, isn't he, over the year? They, you know, everyone yeah. wanted that to work out. Yeah. We even said to Wello for the beginning of the season, like, ooh, yeah. you know, is Kieran the kind of, that's the, that's the stereotype that he's trying to avoid being, isn't it? Because yeah. people want it to work out, the players want it to work out, the fans want it to work out. Yeah. The owner wants it to work out yeah. for obvious it's, reasons. Yeah, and it's ruthless, isn't it, when people are saying stuff like they were, you know, a legend like Kieran. And, and you know, it, it is, as a player, as the halfback as well, you, you kind of take it on, on your shoulders a little bit. And, and um, so, you know, that it was disappointing. Obviously, Justin come in. Justin was a great bloke. He turned he turned things around and it didn't quite work out for me. So then that that's when I kind of went, went away and, Obviously, signed for Catalans, and and I think I p I picked Catalans because because of that because I wanted to win. I still wanted to win. And I seen Catalans as as that cl out the clubs that I got offered. I seen them. nothing to do with the red wine. Not, not that well. And that, and that came. What a coincidence! Like, came, you know, and 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 I probably but I probably also went Catalans for the wrong reasons as well to to a, to a skip to get away to kind of get away from Zinzelins and mm. and. It's a fresh start, Catalan, yeah. more than any other team in Super League. It's just, it's on its own, different people, different country, culture. Mm. Great experience. Yeah, like, a lot yeah. of lads say that. And I think yeah. probably your position, it was the obvious choice, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. And, and it was, like you said, the, the opportunity to go and live in a country, a different country. My kids, you know, which, again, we went, I mean, my little lad was three, my twin girls were not even one. So it was a difficult time, really, to go, you know, as a young family as well, uh, but you know, a great experience as well. Were you there with? Was he there with Luke? Twenty nineteen? No, no, you were no. there. You were just there missed him. Mickey Mark. Yeah, yeah. What? Sam, I Sam, signed the same Sam. year as Sam Tompkins. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And look at the flying now, aren't they? Yeah. That's, and to how much progression they've had over the last yeah. sort of five, we, six years. We 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 at Salford we played Catalan away, and after the game we said, oh, we'll go f go for a few beers and we'll see if any of the, the our old teammates and colleagues for the other side fancy him. So <laughs> Matthew Smith said, yeah, come and pick us up. 
So we get this taxi down these back roads and back streets in France to your like compound where you lived. Big fenced off house. Yeah, yeah. He said, I'll just be out in a minute. We sat in that taxi for about 40 minutes waiting for him. <laughs> Knocks on the window and says, sorry mate, I'm not, not allowed. Mrs. won't let me. <laughs> like, oh man, we've been here for 45 minutes. <laughs> Forgot about that. When you think about the coaches that you've worked and played under, worked with and played under, um, you know, you mentioned obviously Justin Holbrook there at the end and I know that was, wasn't like the pinnacle of your playing career, but you still took a lot from him and John's talked so much about how he simplifies the game and so on. Sean Wayne, Daniel Anderson, Steve McNamara. Um, what kind of coach do you want to be when you think about those guys and how much have you taken from them individually? Yeah, I think you take a little bit from, from each one. I think you, you mentioned, you know, some of the coaches there. They're, they're all great coaches in their own right. They're all very different as well. So I think, if you can take a little bit from each one that you like and, and mould it into what 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 you you want to be, then then that's great. I was I was really fortunate in my career to having them coaches and um, you know some really good assistant coaches as well. Paul Deacon, Yestin Harris, you know Sean Long, Paul Wellens, obviously he's head coach now. You know, so I, I I've been I've been lucky and um, but yeah, I think I'm. I'm probably take a little bit from, from each one. I, I love the way Justin was in terms of his sessions, you know, mini skill stuff, you know, his little skill drills were, were, were great. Obviously, you know, Sean Wayne's work ethic, you know, defensively, he was, you know, like like we said, ruthless, just... So, yeah, I think you take a little bit from, from everyone. Do you have a little black book like Sean? I have a black book, yeah. Do you? Yeah. You got it with you? I've, got, I've not, no. You know, he like, takes his everywhere. He takes his everywhere, though, doesn't he? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think he's ever forgotten it somewhere. What's in your, what do you put in your book? Yeah, what's book? in your book? Names of people you want to get revenge on? Yeah, yeah sometimes, yeah. But no, I mean, it's just yeah, it's just a, a little reminders. I think when you think of summer, it goes down, and I'm one of them, I'll think of summer, and if I don't write it down, I'll forget. So it's, um, yeah, it's just jotting things down, really. More, more so team, team, me team for that week. <laughs> Sean, but, Sean's yeah, interesting like, with it, though, isn't he? Because he, I mean, he's t I, I was fascinated in that black book just because I, I didn't know what it was and he kept on kind of writing things down and flicking through it while we were talking to him. But he was listening and he's writing bits down. And he says he takes it everywhere. And even if he meets people that he doesn't even like or some wanker that's pissed him off in the day, like he'll, he'll, learn, he'll take something from that and he'll, he'll put that in his book. Mark, you're turning your nose up at me. No, I'm just no, finding it funny that Sean Wayne gets pissed off by random people. <laughs> I think he did. <laughs> writes car registrations. Though. Yeah, yeah. Road rage. But he, so, are you a sponge like Sean is in terms of like learning from any opportunity? Do you have to be like that as a coach? I think you have to take everything in. Yeah, especially early on in your coaching career. I think you've you've got to take a little bit. Maybe I remember speaking to to Wayne at, at Magic Weekend, and I've, I, he, when I was at Wigan, he's always said to me, well, you know. When you when you start coaching, Matt, meet different coaches. Like go spend a day at Sales Sharks or come and spend a day with us. You know, like get around people and 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 learn as much as you can because you you never stop learning kind of thing. And he he was great when he was like I say his work ethic was was always was always high and. and do you still lean on his shoulder even though you went back to Saints? Can you still I've spoke to him a couple of times. Yeah. I've still yet to take him up on that coffee that, that he said I could have. <laughs> but I will do I'll some point. the place. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a um, grindsmith in Manchester. No, Pocket of Black. You can't get Yeah. Sean <laughs> Wayne was in, actually. Was he? Day. Yeah, he was, yeah. With his family. Few, few, he had a few stars in there, isn't he? Yeah. Ha Erling Haaland's been drinking in there, hasn't Erling he? Erling Not alcohol, coffee. No, don't tell people that. Yeah. Um, so you still haven't answered my question, Matty, because you talked about what they have all got and what you've taken from them. But what does Matty Smith look like or want to look like as a coach? 
I just think having having that kind of honesty. I think, you know, I've always I've always thought throughout my playing career, if a coach was honest with me, even if I didn't like it, then I can take it because, you know, at least he's been honest. So I think just always having that honest, you know, feedback with my players, um, just kind of that work effort. Yeah, just I think I think as a head coach, you, you need to concentrate on the defense side of things. Like, and that's what I tend to do with the girls, like concentrate on the defence and, and then the attack flows off the back of that. But, um, yeah, just being honest with, with, with a group of players as much as you can and, and, and that work ethic, yeah, just work hard and, and keep learning. You know, that's, that's where I'm at at the minute. Where, would, where was your mindset then when that women's job came up at St. Helens and, and in terms of what you could get out of it and what you could offer the women? Yeah, I think when it first got, got talked about you know, we might rush. It was kind of out of the blue. I didn't really expect it. I thought I was going to just go in, into the academy, just deliver sessions for the academy and, and just be a coach, basically. But when he when he came up with the head coaching role, um, yeah, it was one that I couldn't really pass up. I think, you know, it's a great opportunity for me, my first kind of role to to to, to be a head coach. You know, I'll learn so much, um, you know, from that experience. So... Yeah, when he when he when he comes to me with that, it was it was a no-brainer really to, to to do it. And what are the challenges? Because you, we were talking before, you you've only got them really Tuesday, Thursday, yeah. and match day Sunday. Yeah, non non-professional. That's obviously in the, the wheels in motion of changing, and and all the women, I imagine, hundred percent of them want that to change quickly and quicker than it than it is doing. But is that a real challenge for a coach to have such little time with them? Yeah, it, it's the probably biggest challenge because I think you, you do get limited time with them and you, there's a lot to get through. You know, I like to do the video stuff with them because I think when you when you can see it, you know, when you when you can do reviews of games, I think when it, when when you can break things down, I think they learn from that. The girls, it's not all about getting on the training pitch and you know going through moves or going through your, you you know the defensive systems and all that. It's, it's about actually doing a bit of teach stuff as well. So, but it, it's hard. It's hard to do because you only get Tuesday, Thursday. Um, you know, if you had more time with them, it'd be it'd be a lot easier. But you know, there is challenges with it. I think the the biggest challenge for the girls is what they do away from here. You know, so we've talked about that a lot, a lot, a lot this year. And you know, you can control what what they do when they're here, but you know, the diet away from here that. But the extra training session they do, there's got to be a plan in place. And surely that was the same with you boys back in 06 and 07. <laughs> they yeah. could we only control it. They couldn't yeah. control you on Thursday, Friday, Saturday nights, could they? After you'd played. No. I remember him. He used to bring us in on a Sunday night, like when he got wind of the Who Sunday did? club. Mel, uh, yeah, Daniel. Did, did Daniel? Yeah. He started bringing us in on a, on a Sunday evening doing yeah. a session. But I think what he what he forgot then was we were all together. Yeah. So <laughs> there was even more going up after training. Do you know what I mean? So it was. It didn't didn't really work out, but yeah, I think that period of time when you're full time, yeah, you're kind of in every day, yeah. So you're working hard, you're training hard, and, and I guess that's a, a, a but for huge the girls, challenge, yeah. Because not. I mean, give us an example of some of the other careers. I mean, we spoke to Danica Prim about this, didn't we, years ago? Some of them are delivering, you know, newspapers in the morning. So they've got, they've all got other jobs, right? They need other jobs to to make a living, and, and that's the hard part, isn't it? I mean, I I experienced a little bit of that back in my career where I worked in the day part time and then. You know, I went training on the night and it was it mm. was hard. And I was still getting paid for this. Yeah. Still getting paid all right money. These girls don't get paid. Some of them must be knackered when they turn up for training because they've done a full-time job in the yeah, office. And mo- yeah, the, the moods change, you know, from that. If they've had a bad day at work, you know, 
the emotions can be high at times and and you know so the respect i've got for the girls is massive because they do that you know they deal with a lot of stuff they work hard but and they come and train and they train really hard as well so um and they don't get paid they get looked after in certain areas and the and the games obviously getting better you know but it's small steps in it and um you know you just got to take, take what comes at the minute with the girls game but you know, from, from they don't get paid, and it's it you've got some clubs who are starting to pay the women, haven't you? That's and that's that's obviously going to you'd hope fast track everyone onto a level playing field, right? Yeah, and it, but it's got to be right there, hasn't it? I think you've got to it's got to be done in the right way. I don't I don't know the situations with York and Leeds and what who's getting what and if they're getting fifty quid or hundred quid or whatever yeah. it is. And um, I think it's got to be done in the right way for for the game to. It's got to be sustainable, to hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know. The end of the day, we, the, the the sport's got to grow on it, and we've mm. got to get more people watching it. We've got to get more people in the stadiums. Have you already and seen that growth, though? Even in that short space of time in charge of just of the interest, of the profile, of, of everything going in the right direction? Because it's very cliched, isn't it, to, for us to sit here and go, "Well, you know, everyone's there's, there's more people watching. It's, it's, the, yeah. the curve is going up." But but is it? And do you feel? Do you trust that to happen? I mean, we we've it. You know, a thousand fans, nine hundred, a thousand fans. You know, a couple of times this year already, and and. You know, so the, the, there is more people coming watching. I mean, you look around, you look around the stadium now, and it's not just Wellsby number one on the back. You've got Cunningham number thirteen. So young girls. That's brilliant. Though. So it, it's it is. I mean, it is, it is getting better, isn't it? And you know, but the 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 money's got to keep coming in. The revenue's got to got to come in for then the girls to to financially benefit from that. And, and other sports can inspire that, can't it, as well? I mean, you look at what England's women have done with the Euros and what they're doing right now as we record this with the Women's World Cup and the netballers and, yeah. you know, like, you see, don't you? You see young girls with names on back of shirts and that's what you yeah. want, like you say, and with, with yeah. Saints, with Wigan, with Leeds. And, and at the weekend, you know, the Challenge Cup final yeah. women's game being at Wembley, the amount of people that are going to be watching now on telly and... Mm. You know, it's it's great for the girls' game, and it? it's great for the women's game. Is, is there a crossover? You notice when you in Saints, like, can you can you with your experience and obviously you, with you working with the men, can you then tap into that for the for the women's game? Do, do they use the same technologies and training facilities and nutritionists and so on and physios, or, or are they quite separate still? Yeah, well, all all the to get all the nutrition stuff, we've got our own S and C. We've got two assistant coaches, um, a team manager, obviously head coach. Um, we've got media staff, so the, and that's for the women. So the, the mm. women get, you know, probably not as much as the men, but they they do get looked after in that respect. And yeah. um, we use the same training facilities. Um, you know, we we get to play on the stadium. Not not every women's team does that. We we do. They're looking after them. You know, medically they're looking after them. We we, we eat at the stadium. Now, you know, I know these are small things or seem to be small things, mm. but from where the game was to where it is now, it is developing and it's getting better. Um, Double headers have to be the answer, though, don't they? In terms of even going forward, if, you know, stick the women on before or after or whatever, but on, on that match day. Yeah, I think doubleheaders have always been, you know, a great way of exposing new talent. It was used to be the academy or reserves would play before the first team. I remember, you know, playing at... At Headingley before as a curtain raiser before the first team there was like five or six thousand in early to watch the academy before the f first team and I think mm. whether it's women's game reserves academy I think it's great but especially with the women's game it will bring in new fans I think and some new superstars on on the walls of young 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 women and young men of the likes of Cunningham and Emily Rudge and all these guys 
is is the way that you know you promote the game as, as much as possible. Mm. Um, we've seen one of your team talks. Sky put it out, didn't they? Was that was that a calm one? That was. I mean, you were cruising in that game, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, you're, you're aware the cameras in now. From yeah, I oh could yeah, I could tell you. Five cameras in now. For those but who haven't seen it, you did. You went full sort of Marcelo Bielsa. You had a blue ice uh, cool box. Going all right, are we guys? Going all right. It was probably tame. Uh, I, I'm not. I'm not someone that shouts and balls. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Have probably, you done any? Uh, when it's needed, I, I will. But I think what I'm blessed with at the, this club at the minute with the girls is we, we've we've been we've been playing some really good rugby, and I've been I've been you know, really happy with, with how they've gone this year. There's obviously a few occasions where we could have been better. Team talks but, are easy when, when you're winning, right? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. And um, I think it's more the kind of one-on-ones the girls want, you know, the feedback after games, what what I've tried to, to give them and you know, like little video sessions or, or whatever, one-on-one, I think that's I think that's important. But yeah, I'm not really someone, I'm not really a coach that will shout and ball. I think you've got to, especially with the girls, I think the the... They respect the kind of common influence and, um, you know, are we going to solve it instead of just shouting them? I don't think they respond well to that. So, um, I, but I think we've been great. Hopefully I won't have to do it this week. You've got some good leaders in that dressing room, haven't you? Yeah, fantastic, mate. Yeah. And, you know, the, the leadership group has been great for me this year. You know, in particular, the, you know, Jodie Cunningham, obviously, fantastic player. You know what she's done in the game. She's... She's a great leader and, and says the right things at the right times. And um, so I'm fortunate, yeah, I know what, you know, the, the, the group I've got around me um, are great and they, they help me out all the time as well. How so much of a buzz has there been as the, the rounds have ticked by to get to Wembley and, and how much excitement in that group and how much do you have to use your experience to make sure that this week they do everything as normal. They don't do anything different. They don't change anything. Or, I mean, or am I putting words into your mouth there? Yeah. Uh, you know, you often hear, don't you, when people get to a final, they think, yeah. in hindsight, why did we do that? You know, keep things simple. And um, I think it, it is important to keep things the same. Mm. You know, in terms of your preparation, our, our training will run this week. It's got to be. It's got to be done exactly the same. Obviously, there's the there's the you, you, we've got to stay over. You know, we're not used to doing that, mm. so we stay over on the Friday night, which will be a little bit different for the girls. But again, it's it's about staying calm. You know, and, and so they won't, they won't be up right. in Soho or Leicester Square. No, 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 no. They'll be in bed after, nice yeah. and early. Obviously, we're up early on the Saturday morning. So, um, but they know that, like, the, you know, these girls are smart. They're, they they're really excited about the game. They'll they'll do everything right. I'm sure. Um, you know, on the Friday to, to prepare right on the Saturday. And you've had some amazing moments in, in the build-up to it. I mean, Faye Gaskin's winning drop goal against York in the semi-final. What were the emotions during that? Yeah, I even got carried away, didn't I, on the, yeah. on the celebrations. But it's just a great moment. I think, you know, big players, you know, come up with big players in games. And, you know, Faye did that on that occasion. But not only, I mean, everyone looks at that drop goal and I'm not taking anything away from Faye. It was an unbelievable moment we needed at that point. Um, but there was there was moments in that game that the reasons why we won is because of you know the the charge down the kick charge down what TJ did and the chase back I don't know if you remember it for the first try when Renov um, you know got that interception if she had to chase back and made the tackle where she made you know Tara Stanley would have scored on the sticks and got and got the kick for the two points where she chased back and and she had to kick a, a bit further out and she missed it, if you remember. So, you know, big players in 
in games like that, uh, uh, moments, and, and, and we had a few big moments in that game, but, you know, Faye comes up with a kick at the end and, and, won, and got us to, to Wembley, which, you know, full credit to her for that. It's a very obvious question to ask, but what would a victory on Saturday against Leeds do for for you as a, as a coach in terms of what, what, how you could take them to the next level and to, to that group of women that you've got as Saints? Yeah, it's massive. I think, for me, obviously, it's, it's, it's you know, it'll give the girls loads of confidence, won't it? I think it, It'll, it'll drive us on, you know, for the back end of the year. Um, but yeah, for, for me personally, it's, it, I think it's about the the girls. I think it's about the group. Um, you know, from my point of view, I'd, I'd love to win, obviously, and and be, you know, f the first coach, obviously, to to win the Challenge Cup at Wembley would, would would be great. But I'm more wanting it for the girls, for that group. I think they deserve it. Over this last kind of couple of years, they've been outstanding. You know, and I'm just I'm just glad that they get to walk out there at Wembley. But you know, you want to win, you don't want to lose. Obviously, it's um, it's no place for losers, Wembley. So yeah, hopefully we can get that win. Are you going full tracksuit? Are you going suit? Are you? Uh... <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Though, I'm gonna do a bit of both. I'm gonna what? somewhere in oh, between. a bit of both. Somewhere in between, I think I'm yeah. gonna go smart Pro cash. Probably yeah, chinos. Probably the, the chinos with a yeah. jumper. I don't really slimming, like wearing slimming suits. colours, sort of like blacks and navies. Why, why and would he need to wear slimming colours? <laughs> navy, 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 navy jumper, you know, yeah. Look our best, don't we? Navy blue jumper. Why are you trying to, <laughs> you having a go at them? No, you called him fat earlier. I didn't. He did. <laughs> he did. Not on camera, I don't think. Got <laughs> um, me back. On, on your career, because obviously, you know, it's all, we can sit there in a press conference and say, yeah, you know, it's about it's about the girls, it's about the women. You know what this would do for you as well, because it's, it's a case of your coaching career at 36 and where you want to go. Um, I take it the kind of guy you are and the player that you were as well. You know, you want your coaching career to go right to the top and being looked at by NRL clubs and, and you know, managing Saints as the main guy, right? Uh, eventually. Yeah. Um, yeah, or maybe wanna, even when, you know, when Wella gets win, sacked yeah. in a few months or something. Yeah. <laughs> I won't do that. Oh, what a shit um, house. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, obviously I want, I want to win. Man, that's, that's how I played the game. I want to win every game and that's how you coach. That's, that's mm. what's in me, but... Um, yeah, I, I just want to improve as a coach. I want to keep keep building and keep improving. And, and but I know that I'm in a good place to do that. You know, I'm at the best club in the, in the world for me. Mm. Um, I'm learning off the best people. You know, I've got you know Mike Rush around me. I've got Paul Wellens. You know, like I've mentioned, Lauren Fresenu, Ian Talbot. I've got good people around me. Good mm. good players around me. Those lieutenants um, are so important, though, aren't they? It's like sort of Ryder Cup captains, isn't it? You can kind of... Yeah. We, we talked, didn't we, before we started today, that Wello initially just had Lauren and who? Ian Talbot. And Ian. And, yeah. you know, whereas under Kieran, he had kind of... All the lads were back, weren't they? Like, yeah. do, do you think that it's, it's a balance of somewhere in between those two? Like, you, you, need, you need those voices, yeah? You need different voices, do you, in a coaching setup? Yeah, I think so. The more, the more voices you have, you can... I mean, for, for Paul, he can, he can take on what he wants to to take on and he can ignore what he wants to ignore you know that we're there to probably just to support him and, and give our opinion and but he, he makes obviously he makes the final decision so I suppose the more people helping him you know the better and, and I, I know I, I look at my assistant coaches for advice I go to Jordy um, you know I, I run things past her being a senior player I think you've got to do that you know that's how you because sometimes you know you, you don't have all the, the answers you know, as a coach, I know that, and I'm still learning. You don't have all the, the answers, and, and sometimes you've got to 
you know, go to other people for advice. I think you need complementary voices as well. You need players from different backgrounds or different positions or different skill sets. You might need a technical assistant coach. You might need one that's better at defence rather than attack or an emotional guy or someone who gets on with the players and there's a good link between the head coach and, and, and the playing group. But I think the other thing is I've seen this a little bit during my career. Sometimes you have yes men who just tell the coach what they want to hear because they don't want to get in trouble or they don't want any conflict. But I think raising questions and questioning a coach's decision along at the right time in the right arena is really important as well. I think you wouldn't put Wello on show and say he's wrong in front of a group, but behind closed doors you might say, well, maybe do it a bit different or suggest a different idea. And I think as a young coach and a new coach, it's, it's, it's key that you've got um, some some extra ideas that you know that, that people are willing to kind of question and, and suggest. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, I like to think that's why he, he's he's kept me around as well. And you know, I, I probably look at the game similar to Paul in so many ways. Um, but yeah, having said that, we have got a great balance within that coaching group. You know, Lauren has got a hell of a lot of experience. Um, you know, he's, he's coached with some great coaches as well, Trent Robinson. You know, people like that. You know, Tol Ian Tolbert's been been in the kind of development system for. Well, he was there when I was a young kid coming through, so he's he's been around as well, and he's got loads of experience. And like I think, like you said, we, we were probably each good at different things. You know, we were, and I think that's you've got to have a balance around your coaching staff with that. And and then Paul's Paul. You know, he's he's come so so far in so such a short time. And doing some great things, so um, you know, just great, yeah, great to work with them, them three blocks. You've got so f much time ahead of you, haven't you? If you, you think of your coaching career at 36, you know, you're looking at 30 years if you want it, right? And um, I mean, that's what almost 10 years on top of what you had as a, as a playing career. But momentum's so important, isn't it? In, in different sports, you think with coaches, because you can you could be out of favour, and suddenly it goes wrong at one club, or even as an assistant or something. You know, it's about progression every year. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, and, and taking your time with it, and that, that's that's what I said I wanted to do, you know, the start of the year, I want to, I, I probably don't see, I know I'm a head coach of the, of the girls, but in terms of my kind of progression, if I go in, into the men's game, is I don't see myself being a head coach for the next, you know, 10, 15 or so years, because I think... That long? I have got a lot to learn, yeah, for, well, yeah, and I think, like you said, if I if I want to, if I want to coach for 30, 40 years, you know, I think you have got to take your time with it and you've got to learn from a few different people. You've got to go away, you know, you've got to go, like, to spend time at other clubs, you know, sales mm. sharks, you know, like, being around, I want, obviously want to stay at St. Helens, but I think you've got to spend time with other, in other Because you can jump in and it, if it goes tits up, whatever, that can be damaging, right? If you go in too early and you're, and you're not ready. And it's happened, doesn't it? You know, it's mm. happened with, with coaches before. The, the, I think, the tempting thing is obviously the, the the money, and and from an assistant coach to a head coach, you're on probably double what you'd be on, and and that's if you get offered that, then that's the temptation of of, of money, isn't it? But but from where I where I sit at this moment in time, I see it as a as a I want to be coaching till as long as I can. I don't yeah. want it to be a, a short thing. I want to stay in the game as long as I can. Yeah, NRL would that tempt you one day? Of course, yeah. Uh, you know, I'd never say. Never, I think, you know, I've got, I've got to be good for for that to happen, and but I intend to to keep progressing and keep working towards things. But yeah, I, I, you know, I, I've always it kind of passed me by as a player, 
um, the kind of opportunity to go to the NRL. But, you know, as a coach, you know, I see what Lee Braze is doing and people like that now. And, um, you know, it's definitely something that I would, I would look to do maybe in the future. Mm. Mark, have you ever thought about being an assistant, a lieutenant? Perhaps perhaps with Sam Burgess, who's just his very second, Mark, been confirmed Was it? for next year as Warrington's new coach. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a surprise to you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you smiling? No, I didn't know that. No, you didn't great. Know. Complete news to you, yeah. Complete news yeah, you, to you. You're a good friend of Sam's. You could maybe be on the uh, the coaching set up there. I don't think he'd Going want... Going head-to-head with I the likes of Matty Smith. I think he'd want someone experienced or someone who's been coaching a while because he's... He's quite new to the coaching thing. He's done it at South Sydney for a couple of years. He's worked under Wayne Bennett and some amazing guys. I think he'll be brilliant, but I think he probably needs some experience. Rather do you think than he will be brilliant in all seriousness? I, mean, I do, yeah. Yeah. He's got all the attributes, hasn't he? Yeah, I think um, he's, he's an unbelievable leader. I think he'll walk into that dressing room and get respect and get the players to play for him. For him. I think War the way Warrington started this season, they were eight from nine, so they've obviously got something there, but... And they just need somebody that they're prepared to to run through brick walls for. And I, don't th I think it sounds like Daryl Powell lost the dressing room in the end. I think someone like Sam could really um, galvanise that group of players and and get them to work for him. And yeah, good luck to him. Does that make them more fearsome, Matty? You think Warrington next year with someone like him, Sam Burgess? Yeah, I mean, I I thought they'd have gone down the route of someone a, a bit more experienced in terms. Then of They wanted Holbrook, and then. Yeah, and then that didn't happen. I think that was the obvious choice, and yeah. I get I get the impression there weren't that many candidates about. And His family were like, "I'm not living in Warrington, right?" I, th I think if they said just they been on the Gold Coast, to let's, let's go to can, Sydney. But yeah, I can see where they're coming from. Can't <laughs> yeah. But, I, but it, fits, was, it fits I, into the conversation because we literally just I mean, that's just flashed up now as we're doing this. But it fits into the chat where I mean, how old's Sam? 36, 35, No, he's younger than me. He's 34. 34. So you know, he's two years younger than you, Matty, mm. and, and he's gone in taking it all on heads on. Mm. That, you know, whereas you're like you've said 10, 15 years, you'll yeah. wait. Yeah, it's it's a big job, isn't it? The, yeah. You know, the Warrington job at the minute. You know, to get that team around, and there's no there's no doubt Sam's. Like well, we you would have played at England with him, wouldn't you? Uh, see, I, I've not, and but mm. I've heard leader of men. You know, but a great, a great captain. Obviously, says the right things. Like I've heard so many good things. I know Sam, but I've never actually played with him, so I can't exp I can't say what it was like to play with him. But I've heard you hear so many good things about how he you know, his leadership and all that kind of stuff. So he's obviously got that. I just thought, you know, Warrington maybe had gone down the route of someone a bit, a, a bit more experienced at this point. But, you know, he, he's, he can definitely you can definitely get something out of him. He's obviously got a lot of respect in the game. He'll get a lot of respect off the, off the Warrington players, no doubt, um, because of what he's done in the game. Does that um, sum up his personality though, Mark? You know him really well that, you know, he's like, right, bring it on. 34 years old. Yeah, it's uh, completely his personality, yeah. Yeah. And he'll he'll work as hard as anybody and he'll be as hungry as anybody. W will it work or not? You know, it, I, I don't know, but he can't have done as bad as, you know, the last... They've not been in a final for four years, have they? So yeah. Do you think he'll come in with that half Australian accent that he, when he's been on the I podcast? Know, weird, he'll it? change that. If I was in the dressing room, I'd probably Tweak be sniggering when he's like yeah. laughing. Maybe some elocution lessons before he... Maybe that's yeah. why he's waiting until the new year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He needs a bit of help with his voice. Yeah. Um, so there we go. Look, what, what a weekend for you, Matty, to look mm. forward to. All the best. Um, should, we, should we finish, Mark, with some, some predictions? Yeah, should, let's we go you, should we put you on the spot? Come on, let's go. Let's put you both on the spot and let get, we'll, get, uh, we'll get Matty to predict his own game as well. Um, so the, I'm sure you've done your research on this, Mark. The 1895 Cup final between Batley and Halifax. I'm going for my old team, the Halifax Panthers. Can you give us a score? 
Um, they've got a really good back row of Ryan Lannan, who plays for them. Uh, I think 26 12. 26 12. Mystic Meg, Mystic Battle Matty. Bulldogs. Would you like to have a go at that one? Battle against well, I'll, I'll go against that. I've not watched too much of the Championship this year, but I think Batley will be will be difficult to beat. I think they're well coached with Lingard and. Um, you know they're always they're Jesse always Lingard. Mm, that's where he went. Yeah, yeah. I thought he'd, I thought he'd left Forest, didn't he? he? Left <laughs> <laughs> that's Craig Lingard. I was joking. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think Batley will just get that. Yeah, maybe twenty points to sixteen. I'll twenty go. points to sixteen for Smith. Um, the men's Challenge Cup final mark between the great Derek Beaumont, who we want on the podcast. Well, is Derek, he played, is Derek playing? If, we, if we want, if you are listening, Derek, Derek Beaumont please against come on the podcast. Na, uh, Neil I believe Derek has been asked to come on the podcast, but has yet. It'd to be great. Appear. But I wonder if now John's gone because there was a feud, wasn't there? Between yeah, them. he probably thought he'd be having fisticuffs with yeah, John. John um, Matty, John called out Derek Beaumont. Um, was it about a year, two years ago. I don't think he did call him out. I think right? he did, and there was going to be a charity boxing match. And it, anyway, now they're best friends. But uh, Lee Leopards against Hulk KR. Show, Matty, what are we going for there? I'm going to go Lee, I think, with that one. I think they'll just get that. Um, again, close game. I don't think there's, there'll be much in it. Um, scouting for girls playing, Mark? But before, I think the way Lee are playing. I'm not sure. Yeah. Lee, I think the way Lee, Lee are playing, I think they'll just get that. Yeah. yeah, Lee win. Mark, you? I think the Lee Leopards as well. Yeah, they've got a lot of momentum. They had a good win against Leeds. Yeah, they've got a bit more strike for me than, yeah. than Rovers. And now to the big one, Mark. The big one. You know what we're going to finish with here? The Women's oh, Challenge Cup final. What time does the Women's Challenge Cup final kick off, Matthew? It's 10 to 12. 10 to 12. You didn't yeah. you didn't know that, Mark, did you? 10 to 12. 10 to 12. Um, Saints. No, it's not. Yeah, Saints. Is it Leeds Saints or Saints Leeds? Because they, they kind of, you know, you know from the press conference. Don't know. It's like boxing. It's Chris Eubank Jr. against Liam Smith or is it Smith? Anyway. Who's going to win that one, Mark? Oh, let me guess what you're going to say. I think it's Leeds Saints. To be fair. Is it We're in the away okay. dressing room, I think. Mark just... No, <laughs> no, no I don't Leeds think Leeds right. I think Saints have got too much experience. It was a great win in the semi, so I'm going to go Saints. Yeah. Bye. Come on, give me a score. Seven points. But they win by seven. Mm, <laughs> can we, can we ask Matty or is that, is that unfair? Yeah. Let's just do it anyway. Well, obviously I'm going to pay Saints. I think I've got a lot of confidence in these girls and... Um, I think they'll turn it on on Saturday. It, it'll be a close game. You know, every every time we play Leeds, it's always a battle. So, you know, we'll expect the best of them. But um, yeah. hopefully, we're going to get they're going to get the best of us. So, yeah, we um, I think we'll, we'll, we'll I think we'll get them on Saturday. It's a great Foo Fighters song as well. Best of us, best of you. <laughs> Even it? the best, the best, the, the best. best. We get Wayne Rooney to do like a halftime team talk. Can yeah, we? Wembley, Dave, Dave Grohl, Wembley as well. Rooney, Wembley. It's all you know. Yeah. He's been there. He's done it. This is what you can tell. No, but he's a Leeds fan, isn't he? He's a Leeds fan. Rooney, Rooney going up against yeah. his you old could, strike you, partner. Do you think he's listening? Probably listening. Could, yeah. Hi, Wayne, yeah. if you're in Washington. You've been, on, you've been on, a, I mean, you, you, you sort of, when we're not, when the mics aren't on, Mark, you give the sort of like chat who you're out with, Russell Crowe, Wayne Rooney, all these people, but when we're on, you pretend not to know them. I don't yeah. know him, I've met him a couple of times. Oh, there we go, there we go. That's more than he Matty, would, more than He Matty wouldn't remember him. me. No, not many people do. No, Good to look at, but... I'm quite forgetful. Yeah, not that interesting. Forgettable. Get, get mm. going. Matty, thank you so much, mate, for coming in. All the best on Saturday. And um, do you think we'll see him in the NRL one day, Mark? Do you think we'll, do you think we'll see... Which year will we see Matty Smith at the front of that Saints dugout or back up in the, the stands with his headphones on, shouting I think he's got all the potential to be a head coach, but it's up to... 10, Maybe, 10, 15 years is a long time. That's, I won't be waiting that He's put long. VAT on that, hasn't he? He'll be yeah. shouting down. Imagine him shouting down at John Wilkin with a set of headphones on. Like, really? well, get the water on, you fucking idiot. Yeah, that'd be. Re I'd love yeah. that. Yeah. Please do that. Yeah. 
There we go. Excellent. Matty, thank you so much. Thanks so Mark, much. Thank well, Will. Well, thanks so much. Do you think Matty, I did a better job? So this has been you, why don't you wrap it up, Mark, as, as the main host? It's been a great episode. Um, lots of great input. Uh, please rate us and um, give us some reviews on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. This has been Out of Your League. Thank you very much. Well done, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>